Welcome to Parallax by Anchor Calra, a podcast produced by Radcliffe Cardiology to bring you a new angle of all things cardiology and the best from the US Cardiology Review. Published every second Monday, Anchor Calra, MD, interventional cardiologist at the Cleveland Clinic in Ohio, USA, speaks with legendary cardiologists, reviews late-breaking trials, and interviews authors of our latest and best US cardiology review articles. We call them hashtag audio articles. Parallax is the effect whereby the position or direction of an object appears to differ when viewed from different positions. So this podcast is your fix of reliable updates on all things cardiology by someone from a non-traditional background who is always looking at the industry from a new angle. Now, here's your host, Anka Kalra, MD. Hello, everyone. Um, this is another episode of Parallax. Uh, my guest today is an extremely special one, one that I have looked up to for, for several years, and I'm sure um, a lot in interventional cardiology and cardiovascular medicine and medicine at large have looked up to her uh, because of, um, you know, not only her scientific contributions, which, you know, all of us know are, are profound and, and exemplary, but, but also, um, you know, what she has done for women in medicine and what she intends to do for women in medicine. Um, and you know, so uh, it's, it's kind of like this name needs no introduction, but I'm going to introduce her anyways. Um, my guest today is, uh, Dr. Roxana Mehran. Professor Mehran is professor of medicine at, uh, the Mount Sinai School of Medicine in, in New York. Uh, she is an interventional cardiologist and a clinical investigator, uh, extraordinaire. Um, she has published numerous seminal works in in the field and has literally can, is someone who can, you know, stand up and say, look, I actually changed practice, which, you know, very few of us have actually done. A lot of us aspire to do, but few of us actually get there. So I'm going to stop talking now because I'm sure our listeners and our audience want to listen more from you, Dr. Mehran. Thank you for making the time and welcome on the show. Thank you so much, Dr. Kaldra. Uh, you yourself are exemplary and have said wonderful example for all of us as clinicians uh, and uh, you've uh, your own uh, contributions are tremendous so I'm I'm humbled to be on your on this podcast with you oh no thank you for your extremely kind words so I, I want to start the show by talking to you about your journey uh, because you know a lot of our listeners are uh, early career physicians they're also fellows in training or residents in in several specialties and in medicine broadly, I'm not particularly talking about internal medicine or cardiovascular disease. And, you know, you, you, um, certainly, uh, come across as, as a role model for many to follow, uh, or create their own paths. So, uh, you know, tell us how, how did medicine start for you? When did you start thinking of entering into medicine broadly and what were some of the influences in your early life? Well, thank you uh, for that. Um, I, uh, as a child growing up in Iran, uh, was surrounded by uh, family and uh, um, really close, close friends and, and everyone who was highly educated and uh, scholars, really, uh, especially in the Persian culture, in the, in the poetry. Uh, we would have multiple sessions. And I grew up in that beautiful culture of uh, Persian culture, Iranian culture. And I, I'm, I'm really, really very, very fortunate to have grown up uh, there until I was about 13. 
But all throughout uh, my uh, journey there in Iran, uh, the short time of my life that I did live in Iran, I was influenced uh, by the ancient culture and its uh, incredible uh, gift of giving and um, providing care. And I was always, uh, despite the fact that my father would have me very well versed in Persian poetry, uh, with Hafez, Saadi, Khayyam, Rumi, I uh, would uh, gravitate towards the sciences always, uh, did extremely well in the sciences. When we came to the United States uh, first as um, uh, just tourists for a month vacation uh, back in 1976, I uh, haven't been back from that one month vacation. It's been a journey that's over 43 years old now. 44 years old, uh, just as of July, um, July 5th, 1976, when I first came to the country. Wow. And uh, it has been a fantastic journey. But very soon after, about a year into our time here in the, in the U.S., my um, younger brother, 11 years old, fell extremely ill uh, with a, a condition where he couldn't walk. He had uh, uh, joint inflammation. He was admitted to the hospital. And for us as foreigners, as, as, um, as immigrants, we were very, very much at the beck and call of the U.S. hospital and the care that we were given in that hospital. And I recall uh, we, I had another younger brother, six years old at home. So my mom had to figure it out. And I would never leave my brother's bedside and I would sleep there at night. Uh, and stayed with him. And I watched the doctors uh, work very, very hard to solve the puzzle of my brother's Hinox Shunline purpura that he had uh, with uh, glomerulonephritis uh, that was very, very difficult journey for him. But once the diagnosis was made and he was um, then uh, into the recovery, I realized that that was the place for me to figure out uh, the incredible art of medicine to learn how to make diagnosis, to make patients feel better and to deliver care. And the rest is history. So I just really, really proceeded in that direction. Wow. That's, that's quite a profound experience. You know? He's got, he's got children and everything is fine, but it was really his illness that got me uh, very much interested. Yes. You know, so what I was saying was that it's, it's a profound experience, you know, that early on in life when <clears throat> all of us are very impressionable and, you know, are still figuring out what we would want to do um, as we grow older. That's um, that, that kind of an experience can, can propel careers like yourself. You know, I, I, I've, um, I've sort of noticed that in, in careers of exemplary cardiologists, you know, one, one of whom, you know, happens to be, happens to be Dr. Bot, uh, who I haven't had on the show yet, but I, I, I want to, um, but you know, that, so, so that was, so, so that was quite the experience. So then did you then move back to Iran and come back later or was that? You, I've never you, been back to Iran from that date, that yeah. one month vacation turned into a life journey for yeah. me and I've never been back. Yeah. Well, Due to the circumstances, as mm -hmm. you can imagine, everything yeah. sort of. Uh, there was a people and then I was, I've stayed here. Yeah. So what about, so how about, um, so tell us about med school and tell us about, you know, high school, then entering into college and med school. And yeah, so I was in high school uh, here in, uh, in, I, I grew up in Queens uh, the rest of my time in Fresh Meadows. 
I went to high school at uh, St. Francis Prep, which is a wonderful, wonderful uh, school, very close to to my uh, uh, then uncle and aunt who we lived with. and then uh, uh, from there, I uh, went to New York University, uh, and only because uh, I had no idea about, um, you know, the college application processes and things like that. I was trying to learn English. And so uh, uh, I remember uh, being told that you have to go take this exam. I went and it was the SAT, and I just had no idea that you had to prepare for it, all these things. and. At the same time, I um, remember my uncle's um, diploma on the wall, which said, um, you know, he had an engineering degree at uh, New York University. And uh, I said, okay, that's where I'll go to school. And it was just sort of like that. Uh, Everything just happened. And I ended up at NYU. But of course, during that same time, there was the hostage, uh, hostages were taken in, in, uh, in Iran all of the communications were cut off. Um, I did not yet have a green card, nor did I have a status in the United States. Um, We were applying and waiting for green cards and everything became, came to a halt based on the, uh, the relationships, obvious, obvious cutoff of the, of the international relations with Iran. And uh, so it became a, a really, really big conundrum of how I was going to go to medical school. And uh, my college then advisor for medical school said to me that there's no way with your current status that you'd be able to be admitted into a U.S. medical school. It's hard enough for Americans. Uh, you don't even have a status in this country and you, you're you sort of in limbo. Why don't you stay and work for a while, take some gap years, which is now very exciting to do. But I was not a woman of a gap year person. I had already skipped a year in high school because they, um, because of all the work that I had done in Iran, and I wanted to just proceed, and uh, ended up actually, to make a long story short, um, with a lot of conviction, uh, I had heard a few of my friends uh, applying to this medical school in Grenada, um, St. George's, and I just said, okay, I'm gonna apply there, and it was a very, very courageous move, and I would never, ever, ever do it or allow my daughter to do it. But I think because of some really uh, not understanding all the details, uh, I just um, went off with no real status, no ability to come back to the United States. And I went to Grenada. And then, of course, there was an invasion in Grenada at that at, in that year, 1983, uh, when I w- arrived about a month and a half into my arrival. So it was a uh, it was unbelievable that I was able to be brought back to the states and then go on to receive a green card. All of this before I was twenty one. I was twenty when I started uh, medical school, and so it was just a very very fortuitous set of circumstances. And it really is truly the journey that you will learn so much from being through a um, a U.S. invasion of Grenada. Um, being evacuated on the first plane, and then, of course, having to go through all of that. Uh, I guess uh, the the big uh, silver lining is that there's a huge appreciation for um, how much and how how your conviction of wanting to be who you want to be, keeping with your goals and keeping that in your head. Uh, I really am the um, 
example of an impossible dream, honestly, because uh, if you think about a, a foreign uh, a foreign immigrant in uh, the United States during the time of inv- uh, uh, during the time of the hostage crisis and the Iranian um, and the Iranian Revolution, uh, and then finally making my way through St. George's University to come into the University of Connecticut as a resident and a chief resident there, and then coming to Mount Sinai as uh, one of the um, uh, fellows in um, in cardiology, as one of the first female fellows in cardiology at Mount Sinai. Yeah, wow. Well, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm, well, I'm in awe of the journey. I'm, I'm also um, just, um, you know, amazed and, and, and also, you know, delighted at the same time. You know, I, I truly think um, that universe sort of throws things at us, um, in order to prepare us for the stage that universe wants us to be at. And I think, um, you know, the experiences that you had early on in your life, uh, which were, you know, very dramatic and I'm sure have, have left an impression. I mean, it sounds, sounds like you still vividly remember, you know, every scene, um, uh, from, from, from those times. Um, and, and, and you should, I, I think, um, those have had, I'm sure those have, have had an impression on you and have fueled the desire uh, in you to, you know, um, have goals and, you know, keep, keep succeeding. And, and then, you know, once you are at a, at a certain stage, you know, like, like yourself, you know, you are, what, what, what you're doing now with, with women as one is, is, is getting other women, the platform that they, they deserve, uh, which they have for long not been given for, for one reason or the other. Um, which, which is, which is phenomenal, which is, which is, which is exemplary, quite frankly. So uh, thank you. Thank you for sharing uh, that experience with us. Um, you know, wow, that was what, what an, what an, what, what a story to share and what an ordeal. Um, so which, uh, you know, I'm, I, I want to focus <clears throat> this conversation. I mean, all of us know, you know, your scientific contributions and, um, I'm going to touch upon them and, and talk about them a little bit, you know, particularly contrast induced, um, uh, acute kidney injury, which has been, you know, your, your field and you've sort of pioneered and championed, uh, the, the topic for, for interventional cardiology. Um, but let's, let's talk about, um, about women as one, uh, you know, that's your initiative and, um, and it is, it's now been up for, I would say two years or is it longer or is it less? Correct me if I'm wrong. No, we uh, we launched uh, on, in January of 2019. It's really incredible to see that uh, in about a year and a half. And with uh, also with COVID, uh, we've been able to accomplish so much. And it really is not just because of me. Uh, we have uh, an incredible group of uh, dedicated um, uh, staff as well as uh, amazing, amazing women who have been uh, in support as well as working with uh, American College of Cardiology, European Society of Cardiology, and the American Heart Association. Um, I think we have touched uh, uh, and striked uh, a note that is very much audible to to many. And I do think that um, it uh, it really is time for us to do something about the disparities. And, and it isn't about, uh, I think for the last two decades, women have started to really, really understand 
the, dif the different on uh, the different treatment, the different uh, uh, the pay gaps, the the gaps that exist, not just in payment but also in promotion, in uh, publications, in recognition, in um, in being heard and seen, and uh, we've talked about it, but we've not really made the kind of impact that we should have been making given uh, all of the progress that women have made over the years. And um, I have always been um, one that shied away from using my gender as sort of, oh, I'm the only woman, so therefore this should come to me. Uh, I have always believed that you should work hard, just as hard, if not a little bit harder, or if not a lot harder than your male colleagues so that you could be recognized. And I did do that for the last 25 years in my career. Uh, but I realized that it, hard work isn't enough, uh, that there's still gaps. There's still under, under representation, under recognition uh, of women, uh, both in, in boardrooms, as well as on key opinion leaders, as well as on advisory boards. And I've always realized that for some reason or other, even though our ideas are great that we bring to the table, they're not really recognized. And then when it's heard through a male's voice, the same idea, but through a male's voice, uh, it gets a different platform. And I realized that uh, just all through my career, and I had this level of acceptance when I was uh, 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 when I was growing into the field of interventional cardiology, um, and the number of harassments and and uh, sexual innuendos, as well as uh, pay gaps and everything else that I've experienced, I just put in the back burner. I said these are distractions. I really need to focus on the work and uh, to to succeed. And despite all of that, I was able to succeed. But I really was very lucky because I did have platforms like the Cardiovascular Research Foundation and great mentors like Marty Leon and be able to get the kind of stage and recognition that I needed and deserved to have. But it was still not enough. And I realized that there were many more women like me and some of them not perhaps as lucky or as fortunate as I was. And so I felt that it was time um, that we should do something. And it was about 15 years ago when I and Ale de Kiefo, another woman from Milan, uh, we founded um, the Sky w Women in Innovation, WIN. Uh, we brought it to the attention of the then president, Bonnie Weiner, who was uh, fantastically supportive. And Sky really embraced us and gave us a platform uh, we were able to make a lot of important contributions to research, education, and addressing some of the issues in interventional cardiology. Uh, I served on that committee and on that capacity for about 10 years, and it was time to pass the baton. I felt that if I, if I didn't pass the baton and others didn't carry it, that it didn't mean anything. And I still uh, feel that now um, with Cindy Grimes at the helm, and I think Alexandra Lansky is the head of the Skywin. It should do extremely well. But I also felt that um, societies uh, and uh, the American College of Cardiology, AHA, Sky, ESC, they all have a lot of work to do for the entire community of cardiologists and for cardiovascular health and care and 
clinicians and clinician scientists and all of that work that needs to be done and to to have their venue be the gaps in gender equality and um, representation. Yes, they absolutely support and have incredible support and strategic planning around that, but it's not their number one goal. And I felt like it was needed to have a platform, a place where uh, nothing else mattered and that the goal was in promoting the talent in women in medicine. And so we, um, myself, Marie Claude Maurice and Rebecca Ortega uh, founded and launched in January of 2019, Women as One, a 501c3 charity organization dedicated with the simple goal of promoting talent in medicine. And uh, I'm hoping that in five years from now, the word women could come out and that we could all work as one for promoting talent with a, with a vision of not seeing different colors or race or gender, whereas we just look at talent for what it is and promote it and make sure that we make places and give an environment to women that is welcoming, respectful, and worthy of their um, talent. I think um, subspecialties like interventional cardiology, orthopedics, um, and many, many other high-end surgical uh, uh, subspecialties are lacking that talented pool because the the pipelines are leaking. Women leave those those, uh, journeys because it's a really, really difficult trek through an unpaved road with a lot of avalanches coming down their way. And in order to, um, to face the, um, uh, the issues and the problems and to pave the road for them, I think we at Women as One are dedicated to do nothing but this. Uh, we started with the most broken house, which is cardiology, believe it or not. When you see that over 50% of the medical school graduates are women, more than 50% go into internal medicine and less than 20% come into cardiology and practice cardiology, less than 13% for women. And when you get to interventional cardiology, you really, really lose them. And electrophysiology, you absolutely lose them down to single digits, under 5% of practicing board certified interventional cardiologists who are women. That's just isn't, that just is not acceptable in 2020. Imagine the kinds of talent that is lost, the ideas, the innovation that could come from these women who basically choose to go away from the field because they're not treated well, that no matter how hard they work, they're not recognized, they're not seen, they're not chosen to be given the leadership roles. And this is going to be uh, the platform by which we hope to promote talented women into positions they deserve. Yeah, well, I mean, so thank you for speaking um, with your heart. I mean, you know, anyone who is listening can clearly, clearly tell how passionate you are and, and you should be. And, uh, you know, it, it almost, not almost, it actually gave me goosebumps listening to you, uh, you know, just because I could identify with the passion with which you're speaking. Um, so, you know, first of all, really, um, Incredible vision, um, you know, uh, I'm, and I'm, I'm actually grateful that 
um, I've had this opportunity to give you the platform, not that you need one, but, you know, through Parallax to give you the, the platform to, to share the story and the, the motivation behind uh, the initiative of Women as One. I think the vision is, is, is phenomenal in which you want to drop the word women and, you know, just promote it as, as one, uh, you know, only, you know, seeking and promoting talent, you know, without any, any of the uh, unfortunate baggages that have historically come along with promoting talents. And that is, you know, uh, you know, gender and color, and, uh, which is extremely unfortunate. So, you know, tell us some of the work that uh, Women as One has, uh, has done um, uh, over this past year and a half. Uh, you know, I, I can't believe it's just a year and a half. I mean, it, to me, it's like it's, it's a brand already. So, you know, congratulations on... Uh, on thank, you. thank you so much. A lot of it goes, a lot of the, the work and credit goes to Rebecca Ortega, uh, Alexandra McLeod, as well as Erica Sakari. These three women work endlessly and they, we've built a talent directory. Uh, through the talent directory, we make matches and we, we introduce women uh, and promote them and, and make sure that um, Congresses have the names and the subspecialties and the area of their expertise so that they can get podium time. Um, the talent directory has grown uh, close to a thousand women now, and we're, we're hoping to continue the growth of this uh, directory. Um, we ask uh, women to go in, give in their, uh, their uh, credentials, upload their CVs, uh, and allow us to um, sort of be an agent for them, uh, honestly, and make sure that we um, give them the opportunities that they deserve to have. Uh, we also launched, uh, I'm extremely proud of the Escalator Award Program that we put forth uh, this past year, we awarded um, five women um, out of the pool of an incredibly talented 71 women who applied for the Escalator Award. Five women each received 50,000 US dollars to their institutions so that they can uh, continue their work that was ever so impressive. Some uh, one woman. Uh, these women were around the globe, one in South Africa, one in Europe, two, uh, one in Canada and two in the United States. Uh, not all of them were in uh, interventional cardiology. We had one woman in interventional cardiology in Europe who received the, the award. Um, the others were in uh, some in heart failure research, uh, disparities research, uh, artificial intelligence, as well as uh, uh uh, congenital heart disease in South Africa. We were uh, so, so proud of that particular program that we were able to, to put forth and we're hoping to make it even bigger and better next year. Uh, we have a senior leadership group that helps us uh, a lot. Uh, the who's who is on the senior leadership group who's helping us guide us. Um, we had two uh, brainstorming uh, meetings uh, one in New York, one in Paris, where we brought all of the thought leaders together. And uh, we even had Soledad O'Brien there in, in, um, in our U.S. Um, uh, program and to allow us to come forth with a think with a, with a, as a think tank to think about how do we do this without uh, making men's and really, really proceeding forward. Um, and then, of course, based on some of the outcomes of that and the actionable items, 
We moved to this Escalator Award program, which was extremely successful. We've also uh, just started a very, very interesting program for interventional cardiology called CLIMB. The CLIMB program is a program for complex interventions. And what we're doing is we're working with the cath lab directors around the country, um, not just here in the U.S., but we're also looking uh, for outside of the United States, where they would choose and basically say, there are two or three women in my program that I would like to give uh, an important um, uh, uh, subspecialty to, like if it's imaging or uh, if it's um, uh, hemodynamic support or CTO, or so that they would get further imaging, or if it's TAVR or mitral valve or whatever it is, so that or or interventional imaging. And um, uh, once that happens, these women apply for the program, they come in to the CLIMB program, are trained for those specific things, and then we're going to be looking for them to then be promoted within their labs for those subspecialties. Uh, if you are a, a designated CLIMB lab by actually identifying uh, as a cath lab director, identifying a, a talented woman, uh, training her, uh, putting her into this CLIMB program for subspecialty advanced training in a specific area of interventional cardiology so she can then distinguish herself from her colleagues. And then moving forward with that by promoting her as sort of the go-to person for those specific um, uh let's say you, your CTO expert is now going to be this woman because she's gone through the CLIMB program, you then become a CLIMB lab. And we feel that that kind of a CLIMB program is something that everybody will want to pursue to, to be. And that we will uh, basically designate you as a CLIMB lab. So I'm expecting that the Cleveland Clinic will be one of those labs, uh, will be wanting to be part of that kind of a environment and will begin seeking and promoting and finding talented women that they want to train and get into the next level. Uh, and a CLIMB lab not only promotes uh, the talented women into that particular subspecialty, but is also extremely aware of the um, environment that needs to be um, put forth for women in the cath lab, the zero tolerance for sexual harassment the availability of breast pumps, as well as a, uh, a parental leave policy that's equal for men and women in their cath lab and allows women not to give them three years off or one year off, but to give them the time that they need uh, in series with their partner so that they could share the caring of their children. So it's a very, very enticing, uh, uh, you know, really building from the grassroots of finding ways to make the environment of interventional cardiology more family friendly, not just women friendly. This is about family friendly friendliness. Uh, when I see you, um, uh, Encore, spending time with your son and being proud of that, it makes me believe that you would want to have more time at home. And that that is okay. It's okay for men to want to be at home. And therefore, it's okay for women as well. And to create this family-friendly environment 
that will make us a happier subspecialty to go into and not this aggressive, who am I going to throw off the podium and who am I going to throw off the cliff so that I can climb up there? That needs to completely go away. And I'm hoping that the climb program will allow those kinds of, uh, those kinds of um, uh, conversations to happen in a very open fashion. And then lastly, I mean, there's a lot more other things that we're doing. Uh, we are doing this, uh, we have a whole COVID center where we did, dealt with uh, uh, the issue of per, uh, being a parent, and a doctor, of a, a mommy doctor, and how difficult that is during the time of COVID uh, and uh, being away from your children and having to care as a frontline worker uh, and um, the stress uh, uh, and physician well-being. Uh, after one of my colleagues here in New York took her life uh, right here in Harlem, it made me really, really um, uh, upset. And we started thinking about the fact that we need to have a platform for uh, wellness in women who hide a lot of their anxiety because they need to be tough in the cath lab. And we feel that that kind of a place to go to be able to have a voice will be very important. So we develop that. We also have a whole radiation safety program that we're uh, launching for everyone, not just uh, for women in the lab, but also for our male colleagues who are also exposed to a lot of radiation. And then, of course, for our nurses and, and technicians that are, who are often women. So uh, we're doing all of that. Dr. Sheila Sani is going to launch that program. So we are, and we're working in partnership with our American Heart Association, uh, European Society of Cardiology, and ACC in all of their incredible efforts in recognizing that there is no place in medicine for any kind of a gender gap. Uh, and working with um, with uh, universities, hopefully, to make sure that their policies for promotion and pay are equal across the board. Yeah, well, um, it, well, you know, I'm I'm just in I'm just amazed and I'm in awe. Um, you know, I'm going to share an anecdote with you. Um, so I'm, I'm I happen to be on vacation this week, and um, so I've been you know I've been trying to do more chores at at the house and. You know, I, I, I'd like to believe that I'm a hands-on father and uh, is, is a role that I enjoy, I actually enjoy the most. Um, and just today, you know, my wife sent me a text uh, earlier in the morning that I, I just feel more relaxed when you're home. Um, you know, so because she's, uh, she's uh, now a, a third-year ophthalmology resident. And, you know, she's the mother of, of a three-year-old and a six-month-old. And he, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't need to tell you, I'm just like preaching to the choir, but you can only imagine the kind of stress and anxiety that she goes through. And, you know, I, um, I, I can, I can see it in her. I can, I can sense it. Um, and I, um, actually I, I recently, I did, uh, I shared a post on all, all my social media accounts, which, um, basically, uh, you know, described our story in which I, I basically was, was, I was trying to be honest with myself. And I said, uh, you know, I wanted to acknowledge what she's done for our family unit and that, when I was um, in, in in medicine at the All India Institute, and I wanted to come to the U.S. for further training, um, you know, she was almost finishing up her ophthalmology residency, and then she came, she followed through, and then basically took a back seat. She she took a back seat so that I could I, I could fulfill my career aspirations, and you know, she would move along with me in in every state and every city, and just take up these voluntary research positions. 
um, so that she could just quote unquote stay in touch with the subject that, you know, she was quite frankly, a trained ophthalmic surgeon back, back in India. And then, I mean, we, we both know how competitive ophthalmology is in particular for foreign graduates, you know, let alone Americans. So she, you know, spent five years in, uh, I'm only talking about her journey because I feel that it's the right platform. Thanks to you. We're talking about women as one. So, you know, she basically, you know, sat, sat, took a backseat, sat five years, did voluntary research, published to her credit, took the USMLE, really, really rocked the USMLE so that she could be competitive enough for ophthalmology. And then, you know, when I started my job, we were both together in med school, you know, she started her internship. Um, and then, you know, she's now uh, into her third year. So I, I wanted, and I never really acknowledged it. You know, I, as, as not that my family was disrespectful ever to women. I mean, you know, uh, I've been surrounded by incredible women, but I think, you know, coming from the Eastern culture, it was sort of perceived. Um, I thought that, you know, women, uh, it's, it's like, it's, it's like a given, you know, it's like something which is to be expected from women, women, from women to keep making sacrifices for, for family. Um, but I, I, I don't, I don't think so. I think it's, um, it's a role which has just been given to them for years and years and years. And it's sort of become an accepted norm where it should not have to be, or it should, it should really be their, be their choice, I think. Um, so, you know, I did that post, um, just to acknowledge and, you know, that was received incredibly well, you know, on Twitter as well as on, on Facebook. Um, and so I, you know, just, to circle back and, and make a, make a point, uh, to, to your platform, which, you know, I think is celebrating and recognizing women like countless women, like, like my wife, um, so, you know, from the, from the bottom of my heart, and I truly, truly feel that, you know, thank you for doing what you're doing. I think it's, it's, it's phenomenal. It's exemplary. It's, it's, it's commendable. You know, God bless you, more power to you, more energy to you. Uh, this is something which is truly, truly required, needed. It's like, I, I'm, I'm sure women out there are, are like craving for it. So, so thank you for, for, for whatever you're doing. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for having me on this program. Uh, I hope that the voice of women is heard, that the invisibleness goes away and that we become more visible, more heard, more so promoted. And uh, of course, uh, recognize the talented women out there. Uh, I, I'm really, really uh, humbled that you took this program and really focused it on women as one. And truly, we cannot uh, get around this problem without uh, all of us holding hands and promoting talent in with a vision that doesn't see color, doesn't see race, and just looks for uh, true talent and allows an environment where talent can grow and um, take over. And if we don't do this, uh, I can tell you that um, we will be missing out and we will fall behind uh, countries where there is uh, wonderful female leadership. And we're seeing that now in COVID. So I think it's uh, it's it's really incredible that you uh, devoted this program to Women as One. Thank you uh, for your um, genuine support. Yeah, no, I, um, I, I couldn't be more grateful. And it, it quite frankly, is my honor to, to do the same. 
Well, you know, thanks again, Dr. Maran. Thanks for your time and thanks for sharing your passion, your vision. I'm sure a lot will resonate, uh, you know. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. We have much to do. Yeah. We've only just begun. We've only just begun. Thank you. Dear cardiologists, we want to make this podcast about you and for you. So please email us your critical thoughts, comments and questions at podcast at radcliffe-group.com and visit uscjournal.com for more information. You can also follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram at Radcliffe Cardiology for daily updates. Join thousands of cardiologists and become a Radcliffian by registering to radcliffecardiology.com. You will receive regular newsletters and gain access to hundreds of expert interviews, educational webinars, clinical cases, and peer-reviewed articles from our six medical review journals on general cardiology, interventional cardiology, arrhythmia and electrophysiology, cardiac failure, and vascular and endovascular surgery. Thank you.